Boom. And we are live with another episode of the Brown Water Banter Podcast. My name is Jared Seymour. My name is Joey Cates. That's right. And we got a great episode for you in the studio. Lewis Elias running for uh, sheriff over in Harrison County. Stop by today. We're going to chat it up and talk about all things law enforcement. But before we do that. It's a special day. Why? Uh, Star Wars that's Day. That's right. That's right. Nobody it is. May even the brought 4th. Star Wars. Star Wars no, up. May the 4th be with you. That's right. Uh, before we do that, though, let's jump into the sponsors, the people who keep the light on for us over here. Uh, Southern Magnolia Smiles. That's Dr. Robbie Williams. He's located on Washington Avenue uh, in Ocean Springs. If you're looking for him on the socials, it's at Southern Magnolia Smiles on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, or give him a call and book that appointment. Tell him that you heard about him from us. Give him a shout at 228-215-1202. Uh, 2023 is a year to keep your mouth clean. That's it. Uh, Hilltree Marketing, our good buddy Jesse Hill over at Hilltree Marketing. Man, if you need a website built for any reason, maybe you're running for sheriff, maybe you're a small business or a content creator, uh, Hilltree Marketing can take you from no concept to full-blown, award-winning website, just like he did for us over at brownwaterbanter.com. Uh, jump over to hilltreemarketing.com, look at some of the local uh, businesses that he's worked with. I think some of the names you might be familiar with. He covers the whole gauntlet, man, from concept to uh photography to the IT side of everything he'll have you up and running in no time uh next and definitely uh or yeah next is uh our buddy uh, Taylor and Cox Law Firm over in Pascagoula. They've been practicing law for over 30 years. They specialize in criminal law, family law, and civil litigation defense. Um, everybody that we know that's in that industry come, uh, sends them highly recommended. We're super uh, proud to have them on board as one of our sponsors, and we need to get Tyler back in the in the studio and yeah. chat it up with him again. So sure. if you find yourself needing some legal representation, man, give them a call at 228-696-0111. Uh, our buddy Trevor Reed, uh, he's got the fifth annual Ocean Springs or downtown Ocean Springs crawfish cook-off. That's going to be May the 27th, which is a Saturday. Uh, if you've never been to this event before, it is a great event. Uh, it's located uh, on Government Street, downtown Ocean Springs, right next to Pleasant's Barbecue. Uh, multiple teams competing to see who can cook the best crawfish. Joey and I and the Brownwater Boilers are going to be competing this year, our first year competing in the event. So uh, come down and check us out. We only plan to win. Yeah, you buy a wristband, it gets you, <laughs> it gets you to, uh, what did I say last time, we're either going to take first place and dominate everybody right. or we're not going to win. That's so right. I'm calling it either way. Um, it's a couple teams competing. You pay for the wristband, you go down there, it's all you can eat while crawfish last. And uh, there's beer for sale, man. It's just a really good time. So come check it out May the 27th. You can get tickets to the event or buy your wristband in advance at uh, Downtown Ocean Springs. Just look that up, uh, Downtown Ocean Springs Crawfish Cook-Off. Look it up on Facebook, and you can get all the links there. So, uh, And last but not least is our buddy Rocky over at Cedar Swamp. Uh, if you're looking for a great local store that has all your apparel, outdoor, fish and tackle, um, everything you need for a day out, uh, really outdoors, whether it's on the water or in the woods, yep. Rocky's got you covered. Look them up on Facebook. See the number two and Swamp. They're located at uh, Goche Van Cleve Exit. Head south. They're on the left. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook if you want to see some of the stuff they have going on. And he just opened a new store in Gulfport on uh, Pass Road. So yep. good, good to see Rocky doing big things, right? Yep. So let's jump right into it. Well, let's, uh, do, let's give the disclosure first. Do the so, what? Yeah, this disclosure that we got. We have candidates coming on, of course. Yeah. These candidates uh, contacted us. Uh, we do not support or endorse any of these. We're just an open forum. Yeah. Okay, so what we're doing is we're taking the uh, the candidates, and they're going to give us their spill. And then we, if anybody else wants to contact us, we're more than happy to get them on here and do it. We don't care who you vote for. We just want you to vote. Well, we want that's, you to vote that's for the best person. Yeah, we want you to vote for the best <laughs> that's person. Right. That's right. right. Make the decision on who that is. That's right. Um, so like we always do when we have people in here, 
if you could, man. First of all, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Uh, and give us give us the background, man. For people, imagine somebody listening to this show. You know, they're the hunting fishing guy, and they've never really heard of you. They don't know where you're coming from. They don't know what your background is. Why are you running for sheriff, right? So let's start there. Absolutely. So my journey running for sheriff started around 1976 in uh, kindergarten. Okay. No law enforcement in the family, but a strong desire to serve and strong desire to run for sheriff one day. My sister produced a picture of me in a parade, a career day parade. I thank her far later. And it's uh, been a long journey. It's certainly not what you pictured then. There's a whole lot more to it, and it's not about me at all. It's about a community and an entire agency, their families. Huge, huge picture, huge responsibility, without mm -hmm. a doubt. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I think, it's uh, kind of it's kind of weird because usually you see, especially with a drive like that coming from a uh, to a police back would come from a police background, somebody like a father or uncle. But you were just bread and butter right out the gate, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, for me, it was uh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot because of Top Gun, so that's what I dressed up in <laughs> as career day yeah. for probably three well, or four years it, straight. It, you used to see that like on like in kindergarten. I'm was, not a fighter pilot, just FYI. It is. <laughs> Which is the way that the things have changed. It used to be astronaut, fireman, police officer, and now it's like YouTuber. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely TikTok superstar. Right. Never got into that. Yeah. yeah. It didn't exist when we were no, kids. Correct. So, so how'd you make it? What'd you do? First step into making that a reality after, uh, you know, as you grew up through high school, uh, you just yeah. joined the force, joined the police force? Well, that's a, that's a fun story. So I started uh, college at USM. Okay, I'm a graduate. Let's yep. go. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> neither am <yeah>. I. <laughs> nice. nice. That brings about a whole new topic, and right. and um, you know, my father was a professor, and all of my brothers and sisters are are highly educated, and you're you're looking at the exception to the rule. Okay. So attended USM and uh, got a great start in criminal justice. They have a great program, and temptation struck. I got an offer to come to work full-time as a police officer, which uh, was dangling my dream in front of me. Yeah. And the phone call to my father, who, like I said, was a professor in high on education. He wasn't didn't happy. go well. <laughs> yeah, no. he was not happy with that decision. didn't go too well. We've mended fences since then, but it resulted in um, quite a ride. Co yeah. A couple months in a regular cab, Toyota truck with a 200-pound Rottweiler, learning what it was like to live on my own. Oh, wow. Mm. So he said, if you're going to go down this road, you're going <laughs> yeah. to do, do it on your own? No. Oh, yeah. Tough gotta love. respect that. Yeah. 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 Tough Absolutely. Love. Cut them but, teeth. Yeah. You know, at, le at, least you, at least it was a career, right? At least you yes. weren't like, Dad, I'm going to go... I don't know, like move to California and yeah. be a hippie or Chase something. Chase a man. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what, what are we doing here? You're right. It's a career. Right. Yes. Uh, so, yes. So so, so, how did it go? I mean, you, you joined the force. Where did you did. start out? Got, got emancipated uh, around 19 years old. Okay. Uh, uh, in front of a circuit judge, Judge Vallajos, great guy. Um, you know, they, they took a huge gamble at that point, putting a 19-year-old guy in that type of position. That's tough. And uh, well, What's the age limit? I don't even know. 21. 21. Is that 21. That's normal? Okay. Yes. So, um, I, um, just before that, uh, returned to, to uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and did a couple of years in an internship and gotten very familiar with patrol. Got a lot of experience. Uh, it's a crazy time. It's, it's a great experience, but you're out there unarmed. Yeah. So, Ooh. They get a whole new respect for these camera guys doing the, the shows. They like, get a ton of law enforcement experience, but no man, protection. Yes, That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we talk about on the show a lot about getting kind of that experience, um, 
before you go off to college, maybe not with law enforcement, just say, but these placement programs that allow you to go. Yeah. If you want to be an accountant, you go hang out with an accountant for a week or a summer or something like that. So it sounds like Mississippi Gulf Coast had the same situation for you as in law enforcement. That way you don't end up in a path, you know, four years of a degree or something. You're like, man, I don't like this. You know, right. you get to taste it beforehand. Absolutely. Okay. And, and I think it's very important because – I've always said you can't teach someone to be a law enforcement officer no. out of a book. There's just no way. You've right. got to go out and experience the practical side of it and all that comes along with it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. That that gives you the perfect opportunity. So you did that and decided, hey, yeah, this is for me, right? Yes. Got emancipated 19, and where do you? what law enforcement agency do you join first? Did you Joined say? Long Beach first. Long Beach, okay. Yes. Yes. A beautiful community. Yep. If I was yes. going to protect one, that would be one of them. Be nice. Long Beach was at a time where – they did not have a lot of resources. We were sharing vehicles. They ran 24 hours a day. And um, first day on the job full-time, which I had experienced for two years, riding and answering calls and learning all the jargon. And what it was very similar to an FTO program, a field training officer program, where you learned all the aspects of law enforcement, from dispatch to investigations mm -hmm. and patrol. Patrol was definitely uh, where I wanted to be at that point. So, yeah, that that's uh, where I started. There was very limited resources. You you see today where a guy comes on and gets a new car. My first new car was not till fifteen years down the road. Really? Yeah, yeah. Different different times. Oh, different yeah. times. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, especially state funding that is kind of kind of bare, kind of yeah. bare, especially back in the days. But yeah. I think it's getting a little better for yes. sure. How was it for somebody like you that knew that that's what you wanted to do? Uh, to, to, to hit patrol for the first time, whether it's on your own or with a partner, like, is it intimidating? I mean, that seems to me like. The internship helped some of that. Okay. Um, kind of, kind of peek behind the curtain, so yes. to speak, before you were you out on your own. You still had to have butterflies. Though, yeah. Right. Oh, right. absolutely. First, yeah. first call, first right. domestic so, call or yeah, robbery could, or. Yeah. You yeah. can imagine yourself walking in and you're expecting to be placed with a field training officer and. <clears throat> the captain walks in and says, where's your field training officers? Two of us there. I, I'm I'm not sure. I I don't know. Well, threw me a set of keys and said, "Here's your here's your area assignment. Go start answering calls." So it was sink or swim <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah, it's kind of like Grandpa on the pier. He kicks yeah. you right. off and says, yeah. "Either go swim or don't die." Learn today. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you climb your way up through the ranks um, of of that agency. How long did you stay there? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Long Beach. Uh, let's see, 1994, March of 94. I was hired full-time. The two years before that were internships. Um, 94, I was hired full-time. Steve Morgan, who was killed in the line of duty May 6th of 1998, uh, responding to uh, a domestic call. Okay. Uh, Steve and I were hired the same day and um, worked together for quite a while till he was killed. And, man, I, there was a lot to learn from, from what he went through. Yeah. Made the ultimate sacrifice, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I think people forget a lot of times, you know, just how you put your life on your line, and 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 unfortunately, not for a whole lot of a pile of money. You know right. what I'm saying? It's, Absolutely. It's, well, firemen, um, men and women, and police, they 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 do it every day, and it's it's something you got to want. You know what I'm saying? Well, that takes it from something that you just hear to something that now you know a person who started, right. like you said, started same day as you, yes. who's no longer on this earth. Right. I mean, that's that's heavy. And man, he had a passion for it. There's no telling how far he would have gone. He right. was a, a great guy, bigger than life. Very, very humorous. Uh, you could picture a young Jackie Gleason. That was oh, yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great guy. Right. Yep. Very unfortunate situation. 
so without a doubt it, that that didn't obviously deter you did that kind of strengthen your resolve to want to to want to be there and protect the community it did. yeah it absolutely did yes no no doubt um we try and, and make certain and teach his story today that mm-hmm. was part of uh my job at the academy was making certain that 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 name and the story behind it lived on he and jim northcutt both jim was killed the same day in the same incident was set to retire i think it was within months he had mm. somewhere near 30 years of experience and to see that happen right at the end of a career <clears throat> tough when you, when you get yeah. a, when you get in a gunfight i can only imagine i mean it's you know training obviously helps but that's like you say it's life or death yep. i mean that's you know it can take it can happen to anybody right first day on the job or 30 days of experience right absolutely we've had guys and, and girls that have left the academy that have had the unfortunate uh, opportunity to experience that firsthand and they've come back and told me hey the first thing that went went through my mind was what i learned here i could right. hear my instructors and it brought me through uh, we had a guy with our agency that was involved in in a deadly force incident just three months after graduating and wow yeah um, i can only imagine what he went through afterwards dealing with it but he made the right decisions and uh he acted according to his training mm-hmm that's rewarding on a number of levels. Yeah, and it's how it should happen. And unfortunately, yeah. that doesn't make the news. Nobody talks no, about that. No, that's not a story, right? About he it, did yeah. what he was supposed to do. But so, so keep walking us through. So, you know, Long Beach. Then, uh, how, how do you go up the ranks? You say so, in training. I hear you. You ended up doing that as well, right? So, uh, I went from Long Beach to Gulfport. Followed Chief Wayne Payne there, who uh, has been a role model to mm-hmm. me. He's a great guy. Uh, spent a many a years in law enforcement. More than most people would care to or could tolerate, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um, he he had me over to uh, Gulfport and uh, spent some time there, some time with the Mississippi Gaming Commission. Bigger pond, Gulfport, right? Yes, you're a little to, uh, fish in the big pond, and you escape all the small town politics, which is great. Okay, um, I uh, also had a strong desire to to run a business and. Um, started a, a lawn care business and then a trucking business got both of those going and uh trying to do all at the same time was was a blast I was say while yeah, you absolutely. while you were an officer you doing that so yeah. yes and then uh i took a brief break from law enforcement back in uh, and it was probably 2000 and two three four somewhere around in there stayed on as um an auxiliary with the sheriff's office and then went back full time in in 2008 January of 08 and have been there ever since I went back on patrol uh served first in in a supervisory role in Long Beach and in, in the uh, K9 division and then as a patrol supervisor in Long Beach then came back and started out at the bottom at the sheriff's office in January of 08 okay February um let's see 2009 or 10 then Sheriff Brissolaire was wanting to bring the academy back, which um, we can talk about that. It's a long story, man. <laughs> I, f- I first came in contact with the academy working one of my first jobs as a young teenager, about 13 years old, at USM Gulf Park. Mm-hmm. Man, it was, it was so interesting to watch the training. I was intrigued by it, took every opportunity I could to, to talk to then Sheriff Larkin Smith, ride up the elevator with him and ask him, how do I get in law enforcement? I probably bugged the crud out of him. Mm-hmm. But um, to, to have the opportunity to come back, go through that academy, feel the pride of graduating f- from that program, moving forward to be a part of the rebirth of that program here on the coast in 2010 was 
extremely rewarding, but nothing like what I would experience being a part of leading that program uh, since 2014 as director. It's been extremely rewarding. Yeah, yeah. So you were a student, went through the program, and then ended up running it. Yes. You say brought it back. What do, what do you mean? So in 2005, the academy was birthed here on the coast in 1987. Okay. And uh, I would ask that if anybody wants to see the story of this program, look look on our Facebook page or our website, um, Elias for Sheriff. I'll drop it in the comments yes. right now. Yep. There's a video on there that kind of tells the history of it, but Larkin Smith, who was sheriff then, had a, uh, a vision. He saw the specific need for this academy here on the coast to tailor law enforcement training to the needs of the coast. Okay. Um, ironically, my dad got to be a part of that. He, he was uh, a professor and, and assistant dean there at USM Gulf Park, and he helped promote the idea of them partnering and bringing the, the facilities to life there. Uh, worked out great. They experienced some, some great years from 87 until uh, 2005 when Katrina hit, took care of the facilities there. They moved it temporarily to Camp Shelby, which turned out to be permanent for USM's partnership. Sheriff Brissolera saw uh, something even brighter and an opportunity here on the coast. He and Dr. Lott, who was the president of the community college at that time, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, and uh, Dr. Mary Graham, they went to Jackson and fought to get a new certificate issued here in partnership with the sheriff's office to reopen an academy here on the coast and work. The rest is history. I've been fortunate enough to be a part of it since. What, who do they, when you say the academy, who all do they supply? Is it specific to one department or is mm-hmm. it, it, you come out of the academy, you, you're qualified then to go work at any? Yes. So, Mississippi Board on Law Enforcement Officer Standards and Training is kind of the issuing authority for not only professional certificates that say myself or anyone else can operate as a law enforcement officer in the state that has to be earned through their program. Okay. But they also accredit academies. They will give them a certificate to operate. You have to meet certain criteria to earn that certificate, and it has to be approved by the board. Mm-hmm. So... Our, our uh, criteria says we have to operate within the confines of Harrison County, but the curriculum we teach is mandated by the state, so anyone in the state of Mississippi can use us. We had to go out and sell our product, which is what we turn out. Right. right. That's, that's how we sell ourselves. Um, we um, were very successful in doing that. We've earned respect of a number of law enforcement agencies across this state, and then they come back to us for the services we offer afterwards, which includes in-service training, advanced training. We've had people for, from as far away as New York come down, which is really neat to yeah. see. And this is a, uh, is this is a part of Harrison County Sheriff's Department? It right? is. The school, okay. It's a 50-50 partnership with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. They okay. serve as physical agent there, and uh, the Sheriff's Office provides the manpower. Uh, we now have a new facility uh, on James Bond Road, which is on the west side of the county, off of County Farm Road, just south okay. of our farm. Okay. So they get some schooling and some hands-on training. So yes, they pop by, out, graduate, and they're ready to rock and roll. There's a mandated 480 hours okay. uh, by the state. We were doing, when I left the director's seat, doing about 560 hours. It's extremely physical, mm-hmm. very structured, similar to boot camp. Mm. Wow. Okay. So it's yes. a physical, mental, the whole yep. nine. Yeah. Oh, the whole nine. So going from, from that many years of, of being like on patrol and then climbing your way up the ranks of as an officer and then to go back and teach is kind of kind of full circle, right, to see the guys as they're coming in new it and is. sharing the experiences that, that you've had. I mean, that's 
That's pretty cool. It I, is. I would assume that'd be a good part of your career that you that you you know you're proud, proud of. of yeah. It is. It's uh it's very rewarding. It's also uh, a burden in itself. I I tell each class this that has graduated while I was there. Uh, they have to make me a promise when they leave, and each of them that are listening know what that promise is. There's some of them that have kept it and kept it at the cost of their own lives, which mm. is um, a very powerful thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also going to sleep at night and hoping that you don't get that phone call that one of these individuals did not make it home. And you wonder sometimes, are you giving them everything that they need for a foundation? Mm-hmm. It's a huge burden to bear because yeah. just one fraction uh, in, in deficiency of training can cause that failure. Mm-hmm. And that, that responsibility lies on the individuals over the academy and also the staff, the volunteer instructors, uh, the atmosphere there. There's so many factors that come into play. Yep. So take us then from, from, from yeah, being the director. The sheriff bug bite. Yeah. yeah. When did you get when, when did that bite? Well, the sheriff bug bite was back in kindergarten. Uh, I was going to so say, where we started. Like we him. just came first. Right, right. circle. But. Yeah, I knew the time was coming, and and like I said, it's nothing like I expected it to be. Um, I clearly understand that it's not about me. There's a lot that I've learned and quietly watched and learned from where sometimes we don't see things that should be seen, people that need attention that don't get, need, that don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, our agency's big. I yeah. mean, we've, yeah. we've got uh, well over 300 employees. Each one of those employees have their own feelings, their own families. Uh, all of our actions directly affect each of those employees and their families mm-hmm. uh, and their children. And my goodness, when you start thinking about that, the responsibility grows rapidly. Um, taking time to, to talk to each of these employees from enforcement to the correction side could y'all just imagine for a moment being a corrections officer? Not at all. Nope. You're no way. You're literally <laughs> signing up to no be way. incarcerated. Yes. Yeah. Um, Disrespected. I a, yes. Every day. My goodness. And for pennies, number one. Yep. Number two, <clears throat> you're you're asking asking them to do an awfully tough job that comes without thanks. It comes without publicity. Um. So a thank you from the administration or those on the opposite end of the spectrum goes so far. Huge. Yeah. It does. It absolutely does. And understanding the deficiencies, the needs there, uh, there's so many little things that we could do differently. And not criticizing anyone or the way anything that's been done, mm-hmm. but there comes a time when you identify an issue or a problem and you correct it, and you move forward, and you move forward in a better form. Right. Um, our reserve division, my goodness. I mean, these guys have full-time jobs, have mm-hmm. families. They come out and do the same job that we do. They have to go through the same training that our full-time guys do. They just don't board when they do it. It takes us 11 weeks to put a full-time officer through our training. It takes them about six months. But even their instructors, even the director of the part-time academy, Captain Greg Federico, all of, all of this stuff is done on a volunteer basis. That's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is commitment above all else. I've, I've spoken at a few of their graduations, and I've told them that um, 
they define the fine line and difference between a hero and a superhero. The superhero's getting paid. <laughs> superhero's doing it for free. Absolutely. How, how does that work? It, would, do you pull them in for like big events, Mardi Gras and stuff like that? Is they that do all of the above. They do the same jobs we do. You'll see them supplementing shifts where we're short. Yeah. You'll see them doing the jobs that none of us really want to do, the Mardi Gras, right. the, the ball games, the weddings, anywhere there's a need for an enforcement presence. Um, spring break on down. I mean, these these guys are there. They're there without question, and they're there because they want to be. Wow. And that's voluntary? They don't get yeah. paid when yes. they're even on, on the job? That's correct. Wow. That's really wanting to. Wow. Yes. Wow. Really that's, wanting to. Yeah, that's intense there. It's, a, it's really um, it's underthanked, but they, they should be getting the best of the best of everything. We should have some of those guys job. on the show. Yeah. I'd yes. love to have a couple of those guys it, in here. That, that's part of the faction that I talk about that goes without recognition. Right. They, and they don't expect it. That's what's just makes them that much better. Yeah. That that's much tough. more deserving. Well, you've been in the game for a while, so uh, yeah. I'm sure you've seen uh, a number of things change and develop over time, right? So what, yeah. what's law enforcement like now compared to, to when you started? It's, it has changed uh, immensely here on the coast, but not as much as elsewhere. Right. We've, we've got a great place to live, y'all. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's part of what has motivated me to run is protecting what we have here. Mm -hmm. it's, it's got to be preserved. Um, you can look back over the years of, of the graduating classes, our ceremonies. There's one thing that I say at each one, and there's one thing that we teach in the academy, that one of their greatest responsibilities is preserving that fine find fragile trust between the community and law enforcement yeah because once that's broken it's terribly difficult well, to get it, back it, it's it's tough especially yes. now that, that was one of the questions i've been thinking about all day is um it used to be the pride pride to be an officer not really officer and now they kind of get looked at especially the time we live in it's kind of like you know they're the enemy gonna, they're the enemy right yeah, and right. If, you're you're paying these guys and girls nothing um, the, the community in some communities or don't like them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how do you keep recruiting these officers? How do you keep recruiting people to be police officers? So that, that's a good question and it can be tough. However, um, our enrollment at the Academy was, was steadily climbing. I think that people are seeing that we have a great place to live. I saw a number of individuals that were law enforcement officers elsewhere that are coming here to work because it's a better place to work. I can tell you that leaving, going out for lunch during the day, and it, it just fills your heart with pride and gratitude. You walk into a restaurant, and there's very seldom a time that you're in uniform that you don't get offered for someone to pay for your meal or someone has paid for it mm -hmm. and walked out. You don't know who they were, but you just want to say thank you. Right. That's that's what makes this community tick. It's, yep. it's great. Yeah. So I, I think the future of law enforcement here on the coast is bright. It just has to be led properly, and um, yeah. we need to preserve things and take pride, be transparent, accountable, and we're going to be fine. It's yeah. a lot easier to drive down the beach to get lunch, too. Yeah, <laughs> no, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, you mentioned the integrity with the community. I mean, unfortunately, it hadn't been too long ago. We found out, you know, a, I think a sheriff that was well-liked by the community ended yeah. up not being exactly who he portrayed himself to be, I, you know, over in Ocean Springs, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, how do you, you know, that you don't realize just how much 
authority or power or effect, whatever you want to call it, that your local officials have on a community, which I think is a great thing whenever it's entrusted to the right person, right? Um, we talk about it all the time when it comes around to like election season. Yeah, everybody local wants to vote. Ones are words, huh? Yeah, everybody yeah. wants to vote for the president and all that, and you should, and it's absolutely important. But man, what? How about how? What did COVID prove to us about how important your your uh, edu- your board of uh, education is yeah. at your local schools? Right? How important is that now? I mean, I, I hopefully yes. people are aware of that, and the sheriff's office is no different. I um, and I only point him out just as, as the as the kind of a not good yeah. example. Far more great examples than than that. Right. But you can see just how much damage can be caused, right? If you have the wrong guy in that seat. Yeah. Absolutely. So I totally agree with you. Um, and there there are going to be unfortunate times. I when I'm speaking publicly, I tell everyone to please always consider that there are bad doctors, there's mm-hmm. bad lawyers, bad people mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And doctors and law enforcement are where that hits the hardest yes. and we, we have the most making up to do, but uh, it comes through a process of vetting and again, accountability. Right. So, Correct. What do you do after the fact? Yes. Yeah. When somebody's yes. done wrong, how do y'all handle right. it? And yes. that to me, whether you're talking customer service with a product that you've bought or, or an agency, it's the same thing. It's yep. like, Hey, you can't control a human. We messed up. Right. Here, here's here how we'll fix it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yes. And and two, when you're dealing with elected officials, the, the other thing that I've run into is, hey, you know, I, I know your opponent, he's a nice guy, or you're a nice guy. But I ask everyone to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Put on your blinders, change our voices to robots, listen to, to the individual that is recognizing the problems we have, and listen to both individuals that say, hey, this is the specific plan I have in place to address this problem. And as a voter, you use that to make an educated decision. That's yeah. where it ends. You yeah, can, oftentimes it's a it's a whether sheriff, president, whatever. It ends up being a, who's most charismatic, popu- yeah, right. popularity, well, popularity contest. Right, right, right. That's right. And who and there's a part who, of that. You have to be a communicator, yeah. right? You have to be. And you got to be in the community. You got to be who you're going to serve. Correct. correct. Yeah. Uh, but but you're right. Policy and and unfortunately, not a lot of people vote on that. You know what I mean? So dig into it but but that leads me into the into another question that, I, that i've been thinking about today too is like so as you've been in, in in multiple agencies and and definitely you know heavily in harrison county what do you think are the big issues big three big five big whatever two uh that that, that we're facing in harrison county mississippi gulf coast yeah. uh in general so without a doubt the top three and i cannot put these in specific order because um they are all so important to the success of our community. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, school security. Okay. Been a passion of mine for a long time. A lot of research done on it. Uh, again, we have a video up up on that. Um, on I the don't, Facebook page. Yeah. Yes. Links are in the comments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we're excited to implement this plan. I think it's long overdue. Uh, it's all about prioritizing. That's that's what it, it falls into. Recognizing there's a problem. Prioritizing. I'll tell you, sometimes I get taken back and in, in, uh, without going into specifics, but when, when I talk to school officials and I hear that they've reached out to any local law enforcement, and this goes for anywhere in the country, and they are told that they don't have the resources to help them in protecting our children or helping them feel more safe, that gives me an extremely sick feeling in my stomach. Absolutely. Right. Um, that's our job. Right. And it's not a school's job to do that. Uh, I've seen finger pointing go on in, in different jurisdictions where I'm left scratching my head because a teacher didn't raise their right hand to swear, to uphold the Constitution, to serve, to protect. 
We did. Mm-hmm. And our, our first priority should be the most vulnerable, and that's children. Correct. Um, their most valuable resource. So we, we do have a specific plan in place for that, and it has not been derived by me. The ideas were mine, but they were taken by people that are much wiser than me. They have much more experience on a global level with threat mitigation. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully we're going to be able to put this thing into play. Um, second issue that, that I'll bring up is what uh, I think everyone is seeing. I went to a meeting today where we had a bunch of business owners. Some of them have been in business for over 70 years, and they're experiencing problems with homeless, um, those that are panhandling, yep. loitering, trespassing, destroying their property, harassing their customers and employees. And I can tell you that... Um, I would be willing to accept responsibility that law enforcement bears the biggest burden in that. We we are at fault. Um, we need to correct our policies to fix that because it's as simple as this. If an individual has no consequence for their behavior, mm-hmm. they will participate in whatever behavior that they want to. Um, we found ourselves in a place where our corrections facility is not accepting misdemeanors. That has literally tied the hands of local law enforcement, local judges, and I don't know where it happened. Uh, I have an idea that it was before the current administration. It was done as a temporary fix when we were placed under a justice decree to address overcrowding. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that um, no matter where it started or why, that's not what I want to address. I just want to fix it. Right. That's it. And we have the resources to fix it. We have a misdemeanor facility that's not being utilized. It was completely renovated. Um, as far as being understaffed, we can fix that. That's what we're paid to do. Mm-hmm. We, we recruit. If we can't market it well enough, we reach out to professionals to do that. So uh, without a doubt, that that has a direct impact on economic prosperity. If our businesses close, yeah, you know, we can we can take it to the house. Hang it up. That's yeah. it. Everybody yeah. shut the shop down. Yeah. I think I think Absolutely. both of those topics are, are obviously you know big Huge. topics, but they kind of they kind of both fall under that the mental health umbrella, yes. right? You know, yeah. you talk about somebody to do something like we've seen in the news to a school right. to children. Obviously, you're not. Uh, you're not hitting on all eight cylinders, all the, right? Uh, <laughs> all the nuts and bolts. Yeah, something <laughs> some screw somewhere is loose. Yeah. Uh, same same with the homeless. You know, I think a lot of those end up being people that have severe mental health issues and or drug, drug problems, problems yeah. right? And drugs being a whole a whole another uh, category that kind of mental health, like the state, eventually kind of like washed their hands, right? Like we right. don't have mental health like adequate uh, psychiatric facilities. They don't make money. They they cost a lot. Right. There's a lot of liability there. So I think those programs kind of just shut down. Well, where do those people go? They end up under a bridge well, right. yeah. dealing with your officers right. when they're having some type of episode where they don't know what, you know, they've lost touch with reality or they mix in drugs or they are just someone who's in psychosis because of drugs. Right. right. It gets it, the burden gets placed on y'all. Right. I, I want to make one thing clear. Being homeless is not a crime. Correct. Correct. And I was, I was going to yes, elaborate absolutely. on that. Keep, yeah, go ahead. And having a uh, mental illness, which is very real, mm-hmm. is not a crime. But. Whether you have mental illness or you're homeless or you're living in the ivory tower, 
if you go commit a crime, Correct. there has to be consequence. One hundred percent for our system to work. We have broken the chain in the justice system. It has to be fixed. It's that simple. Um, I feel like I have a solution for that, and um, that's why I'm here. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you have a plan put in for – I'm sure you all do a little mental health training as officers, right? We do, but I will tell you this. Mental health cannot be addressed or resolved by local law enforcement. Correct. It has to come from a state and federal level. There is a lot of work that's gone into securing the, that funding and those resolutions, but uh, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. I have all the faith in the world that we'll get there. Uh, in the meantime, all we can do is make certain that it does not turn into crime here. That's where we step in. Right, right. And like you said, regardless of what's going on, crime is still a crime, and you That's have right. to address it. And right? you have to. Yes. We had a question come in from Dan uh, Henson on the, in the comments here. He wanted to know, uh, how, how many of the auxiliary officers transitioned to full-time paid positions, if any? I've known uh, several of them. I couldn't give you an exact number, but um, there, there are some that have. Uh, there are some that have gone part-time with us, and uh, there's some that have stayed with us as volunteers for a very long time and have done a lot of good work. I could not imagine this agency trying to absorb those hours. I don't think our, our budget would, would stomach that. Yeah. Yeah, if we didn't have them. Yeah, yeah that's uh, thanks, Dan, for the question. We yeah. appreciate it, man. Um, I was going to say here with the local businesses. I mean, that's part of your uh, a big part of the job as sheriff, right? Is to go to those types of uh, meetings or, or, or organizations and and kind of get the vibe from the community as to what the problems that they're facing. What yeah. What did a lot of those business owners have to say? It's just like, hey, this is just interrupting our daily our daily flow. You know, it's. I'll tell you, it was. Um... It was heart-wrenching today. I've watched uh, one individual whose business has has been there for over 70 years in tears. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, you know, I'm a part of law enforcement, have been for a long time. And we, we as a law enforcement community, are failing our businesses at this point. That's a a rough thing to say. And I will bear my part of the responsibility in that. But there's not a whole lot of time to talk about it and um, point the finger of blame. Let's just fix it. Right. Yeah. That's simple. When we put consequence back in the equation, we start to reduce those numbers. I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, is in administration and law enforcement in a neighboring county, and I said, what kind of problems are you all having? He said, very little to none. I said, what do you attribute that to? He said, well, if a business calls us and they have someone there trespassing, they go to jail. Yeah. End of story. End of story. Yeah. yeah. And they don't get released, you know, a few minutes later. And especially if they're a repeat offender. Yeah. That's, they, that's, need to, they need to pay. I mean, you do to do the crime, you have to pay the time, whatever the time is. Yeah. And if that's what it is. And that's not your department. Right. You're not the district attorney, right? You're right. not the prosecutor. You're not the one handing out the sentences, correct? Well, so our agency kind of instigated this whole thing years ago and it was in good faith again Mm -hmm. i'm not criticizing anyone for doing this but you understand that uh we had just come out of the jesse lee williams incident where we had an inmate killed yeah a justice department had come in we'd fallen under a justice decree part of that was overcrowding and in an effort to address that the the sheriff then went to the judges and asked for leniency on uh sentencing sending people to the jail they went even further and uh 
implemented temporary policy to stop uh, accepting misdemeanor offendants. Y'all, that was a many a year ago. Okay. We're, we're in 2023. Yeah. 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 And, and so the, the, it never swung back. Right. It's still there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, but I guess my point was is that even though that particular sheriff lobbied for that, it still wasn't his decision, right? And so what Joey's talking about, kind of like what I hate to see is in the news when someone commits like a violent crime and you look back and uh, 12 months ago they, they committed a violent crime, sometimes with a weapon, sometimes with a yeah. gun. And it's like, how are these people still on the streets? On the streets, yeah. like I mean, we can debate homelessness and stuff like that, and not feel good about putting those guys in in jail, but but still understand it. But violent if criminals. You pull, if you if you commit a violent crime, like I'm pretty good with you being in jail for a while. Yeah, right. You know, absolutely. That, I think we can get behind that. Most yeah, people, everybody can. Right. Yes, and and you know, most of those guys are being sent to prison. We run a regional correctional facility, and the majority of the individuals that are coming in here. Uh, from local agencies are your daily arrest and that's for committing misdemeanor crimes here the felonies here until they're sentenced to a a state correctional facility or a federal federal correctional facility somewhere so yeah absolutely but we have to fix what's wrong with our policy within our agency first and I think that we've got a community that is more than ready to do that. How yeah. how is the overcrowding? Is it is it better now than it was at, at the time that you're talking about? Have you? Have, it is. It is. Um, there were times when we were up over eleven, twelve hundred per day, and uh, the here, here's where the problem starts. The jail was designed in the '80s for the population of the '80s. Right. We still have that same jail. We've sunk millions <laughs> of dollars into to make it pretty. Putting still lipstick still on a pig. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Um, so at some point in in our time, we're going to have to look at enlarging a wing or two on there to accommodate this increase in population and crime. Uh, but that's the one right over there by the interstate. It is, yeah, right yeah, off the yeah. Interstate. yeah. It's been uh, been on a many a news story. <laughs> yeah, I hope to keep it off of there. Yeah, yeah for no sure. Doubt. But it's uh, there's a lot of things that need to be worked on there. We we have a huge deficiency in employees right now at the jail. Um, hovering somewhere around 70 or more down in the jail, which creates a completely dangerous situation yeah, for yeah, both yeah. inmates and employees. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know that any one individual is to blame, but we have to fix that. What's the, what's a, what's a good number? You said 70. What, what should we be at? Do you know roughly? So, so uh, it, it total employee wise, we are at a deficiency of 70 or more in the jail. So we need to pick up at Double. least – Yes, at least 60 more employees. That's a pile. That's yes. a, I mean, that's a lot. Rel- yeah. Relative. There's been uh, <laughs> candidates that have run for sheriff in the past that have criticized the sheriff that was in office before for being 12 people down. So Ooh. if that tells you where we are right now, and the population <laughs> has done nothing but increase. Now, yeah. is that something day one you can address, or is this something you've got to fight budgetary-wise, yeah. right? Where's the money no, going to come money's for Money's there. The PIN numbers are there for the employees. We just have not been able to uh, retain them. We've we've recruited quite a few. We just have not retained them, and that's where I think that you just look at a different approach. You reach out to professionals for marketing, and um, you are go they getting trained and going to other departments? Is what you're saying? Some of them yeah. have. I've seen some that have come through our academy that you know they they uh, said it just was not good working there, and they had a better offer and and moved on. So yeah, that's what again, that's, yeah. what Free I market don't, economy that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. And, 
what I don't want to do is point the finger of blame at anyone for any problem that we face. I just want to Fix recognize it. that the problem is there, offer a solution to it, and move on because criticism is not going to do anything to fix right. that problem. We were looking for solutions and looking to the future. Let's yeah. let's just fix it. Well, you br- you brought up the community, and it's 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 hard when the community kind of turns on officers. Yes. Uh, and I know, it, it, like we said, we talked about it before. But is there a plan that you have in place to kind of get the community back going with the the police officers and have their back again? Well, I can tell you, man. Here here in uh, in South Mississippi, we are very blessed because, as you can see, we've got a ton of support. Yeah. I think there's places where confidence could be strengthened. You, I feel like they had something in Gulfport yes. was doing, right? They were doing some community outreach to yes. where the well, first time you see the neighborhood it. neighborhood in. Well, so they wanted to make it the first time you see an officer. It's not necessarily for a bad situation. Right. Like, oh, I've seen officer so-and-so. He came to my school when yeah. I was in yes. elementary school. Or I think one of them went to a barber shop. Yes. Like playing basketball with them chatting up with people like that you know and it does that stuff does help look the more that every one of us can be out in public and accessed the better right because it's very intimidating for if you had a problem with someone or someone in your family had a problem and you had to come to our jail to see a sheriff that's intimidating absolutely you know? you, you have to walk through gates and and uh secure areas and you're subject to search and well, my goodness, wouldn't it be nicer just to meet at the Cracker Barrel? There you go. Yeah, yeah. talk it over there. Yeah, absolutely. So being accessible, being accountable, being completely transparent, we're going to mess up. We're humans. Mm-hmm. When you mess up and someone has a problem with it, you don't go nuclear on them. Right. You talk about it, you're transparent about it, and you move forward, and that, str- that strengthens that bond. Yeah. Without okay. a doubt. Agreed. The current yeah. sheriff right now is retiring. Yes. Okay. And that is, when is the new election coming up? So the election is August 8th. That's the Republican primary. There's two of us running, both running as Republican. And um, it'll be over with then. Okay. What is, is there a pre, is there, what, what do you have to have what to run as sheriff? Like, you can't just say day one and run for sheriff, right? Explain well, to us. You'd be surprised. Yeah, really? I, <laughs> I want to say that it is a little weird. Is it, it is. Yeah. So. The job of sheriff is not all about law enforcement. The job of sheriff is basically running a business. Uh-huh. You, like an I, administrator almost. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you have to have business experience. You have to have administrative experience, budget experience. Uh, all of those I, I have, I've, I've been fortunate enough to experience it all firsthand. Um, I've seen sheriffs across the state that have no law enforcement experience, but they'll bring someone in as their number two guy that's very strong in law enforcement. So and they, uh, it's kind of like a head coach yeah, of a football yeah. team. You know, it's funny. You're bringing in an offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. The reason yeah. I kind of knew that is because Clint Eastwood ran for sheriff one time, I think in Texas, um, and he didn't have any law enforcement <laughs> experience at all. And I can't but remember if he Clint was. Eastwood. But he's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I'm yeah. voting for him. Yeah. I've seen Ronald, all his movies. Ronald Reagan <laughs> ran for president. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And one. <laughs> one of my and favorites. Yeah, yeah, yes. no doubt. Yeah. And one. Absolutely. So, anyway, that's why I knew that. Yeah. Uh, but that's funny. So, what's it been like on the kind of on the campaign trail so far? I know we still got a good ways to go, but. Has it been you, you shaking hands and kissing babies? Yeah, has yes. it been what you thought? It's um, it's quite uh, fast paced. I I can't find the right analogy for yeah. it, man. It's probably its own mile thing, right? merry-go-round, but it's a great experience. You get to learn a lot uh, when someone has the opportunity to talk to you in a comfortable situation, which is what we were talking about before. It's amazing what you can learn. Yeah, um, 
had a chance to talk to a lot of our employees and agencies out there, other officers, some of which came through the academy. A lot of them came through the academy. And just hearing what their concerns are is, is very moving. It's motivating. And, again, I understand this isn't about me. It's a much, much bigger picture. Right. Without a doubt. Um, we're, uh, we're excited. It's been, been a fun process so far, but we've been going seven days a week since June of last year. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Wow. So you've yeah. been in the trenches yeah. for a minute. Yeah. I don't even think my dogs know who I am right now, <laughs> but going. we're enjoying it. Now, Looking forward to August. I'm guessing you, you have resigned your position with Harris yes, County, and I, I guess your opponent has resigned. Is yes. that a qualification? Is that a requirement? You cannot be working for the county that you're running so, for? Uh, That's a little weird. Th the way our civil service is set up, once you get past uh, captain, then you become at will. And by state law, I could have stayed and run at will. However, I'm still subject to the criticism that would have come, the accusations of politicking on duty. Ah, I didn't yeah. want to do that. That that puts our agency and muddies the, the water a I love. little bit. Yes, yeah. that would have put us in a bad position. So, yeah, and it, there's no way to do both, honestly. Right, I, the time constraint. Yeah. I would yeah. assume, right? Yes, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, okay. Harrison County's huge. A lot of people don't realize Harrison County's huge. You know how many square miles it is? No, no, a five hundred and fifty plus square miles. Um, a little over nine hundred with the waterways. That's huge. That's sink in. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of turf. And it, it yes. you got small, you know, you got Long Beach has their own, Biloxi has their own, Gulfport has their own, but everybody leans on Harrison County, especially for big events, to come in and help out. I guess all agencies do, right? They, they do, and I think that um, our mindset moving <clears throat> forward should be this: there, when it comes to law enforcement, there should be no boundaries. Harrison County is Harrison County. We all should help each other, should communicate, share intelligence. That's where success is found. Um, it's amazing when you have a big happening and you, you talk to someone from a neighboring agency and they have no clue what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. There's so, so many law enforcement resources out there that we can share information with that would help solve crimes at a much faster rate, at a much more successful rate. Um, our radio systems, my goodness, man. If I told half the stuff, we get in pursuit, go to Stone County, we can't use our radio. <laughs> oh, man, it's 2023. What yeah. are we talking about? When I was on patrol in the 90s, we could, but we we caught up with technology. <laughs> yeah, must have, uh, we need some CB whips on the yes, back of those yes, things. Like, who's the lowest bidder? <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. We'll yeah, take that one. It worked better than what we have. Right. It's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, especially for officer safety. I mean, for everybody's yeah. safety, you yeah. should be able to talk. For yes. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jumping on his personal cell phone, trying to call in and be like, hey, here's where I'm at. You Good know? luck with that. Yeah. Some it's of our rural areas. Yeah. That's true. How um, does that work, Joe? You, Joey mentions, you know, all the different kind of uh, agencies that are in Harrison County, like jurisdiction-wise. I'm a complete outsider looking in. How does that work? So, by the norm, um, Harrison County literally stays in Harrison, out in the county, in the unincorporated areas. Right. The sheriff's office right, does. Right. But – the individuals that live within the city still pay county taxes. So to me, when someone says, hey, you know, that happened in Long Beach, it didn't happen in, in the county, it did. Yeah. They right. should see our presence there. We should be a support to each city as well. But you have arrest authority there. You uh, have yes, pursuit absolutely. authority. Yeah, like I said, complete uh, outsider. We have narcotics task forces, fugitive task forces. They all work within the city limits. And okay. Yeah. We, we should be uh, – 
working with each other on every level yeah. without a doubt yeah that's kind of reminds me of like at post 9-11 when they found out just how much like the fbi wasn't speaking to other agencies they weren't sharing intel among all of them and they had to really department of homeland security group it all back together there so yeah. it sounds like kind of the same thing at a local level right it is that you know i've always said this that when you put ego and status quo into an equation the, the final result is going to be catastrophic every time. And unfortunately, law enforcement houses some of the biggest egos in the world. And <laughs> where tough. you find, yeah, where you find success is to, is to find humility. The minute you lose it, you're done. Yeah. I've seen it. And that's not an opinion again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. What, uh, we, you mentioned the narcotics task force and that you had a canine experience as well. We haven't really touched too, too much on like the drug problem around here. You know, you see it in the news every day, Southern border fentanyl coming across the border, the, the overdose deaths. I mean, is that big here in Harrison yes. County? You yeah. see a lot, I see a lot of people pulled over on, on the side of uh, the interstate, right? On the interstate. right? Cause I know this is a pretty big, from what I hear, like hub for trafficking, right? It is. And, and again, I think the criminals are communicating more than we are. Because how long does it take to get the word out that since uh, the 90s, far back as I can remember, we have been popping the, the crud out of them on the interstate. Right. Yeah. They're going to find an alternate way in or through Harrison County. And right. we need to address that. Uh, that was going to be the third topic that we talked about. And I will tell you this, that uh, some. Someone asked me not long ago at, at a place we were speaking. They said, what are you going to do about the problems at the southern border? I said, well, I'm not running for president. <laughs> so, But I but will tell you this. Unfortunately, it spills over into Harrison yeah, County, though, Absolutely. and that's why I get so you know yeah. aggravated at the news. You Man, know, it's like it, it affects everybody. Yep. I'm sure that uh, most everyone listening and you all both have seen these buses pull up. They're letting people off that, yeah. that – um, you wonder – I mean, the bus pulls off. They let them off. What, what are they doing? Man, where are they going? What I'll say to that is this. I cannot control the southern border by any stretch of the imagination, but I can control the borders of this county, mm -hmm. and that includes the southern border. If they don't have a way to bring things in here or it's difficult for them to bring things in here, we're going to reduce the number of drugs here. Right. We're going to create an environment where it is not a good place to commit crimes. That's it. Yeah. What yeah. What, what What is your take on the 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 – the marijuana in yeah. Mississippi coming in. That's got to be tough. I wonder yeah. about that, too. Like, with your officers on patrol, they're selling stuff now, even before the, the medical stuff, that how do they know if it's real or not? How do they yeah. police that? I, I can't drive down the interstate without smelling it through my vehicle. Yes. You know? It's, it's extremely scary. And um, I will tell you that we have a lot of problems on the drug enforcement side to handle. Right. Um, policy updates i would assume right yeah. well it's policy updates and it's strategy <laughs> and this goes for us and the rest of our great nation uh you know like i said people will talk freely to you more when you're yeah. you're accessible and talked to a girl not long ago at a conference she said hey I, I was addicted to to drugs for 25 years she's a lobbyist now she opened my eyes more than anyone has she said can i ask you a question i said sure she said i want you to get offended i said absolutely not she said all this money you all are spending on the war on drugs, you think you're winning? Yeah. I said, no, ma'am. Right, I exactly. Don't. And she said, can I give you something to think about? I said, sure. She said, each time that we outlaw something, we get something worse. Correct. Black market responds with immense. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. 100%. So, Prohibition for alcohol didn't work mm -hmm. very well either. Exactly. Um, 
look, I'm I'm not uh, going to sit here and tell you that I'm for or against anything, but I will tell you this: it makes you pause and think, um, especially with medical marijuana. I heard the fight on it. I worked patrol for a long time, and I've never seen an overdose on marijuana. Right. I've had to tell parents that their kids weren't coming home from opioids and everything else under the sun. But um, it's a tough issue. We have to deal with it. We have to look at it through common sense. And I, yeah. I think it puts a burden on your officers. Absolutely. That, even though, like no you doubt. said, yes. no one's ever overdosed from it. Um, and putting somebody in a cage for it sometimes doesn't seem appropriate no. either. You know, some of the sentences that are handed line. out. It's definitely a fine line. So, it uh, is. But it's it's a, a whole nother topic for, for a whole nother, yeah. whole nother several other days. That's yeah. true. Sure. That's yes. very true. Um, what is, uh, what's the rest of the campaign trail? What's some of the big events you got coming up? For so you? we have a fundraiser coming up on, uh, the 15th and, um, a debate on the 16th, which I'm extremely excited about only because I really want our community to understand how important this position is today. It's important on a local level. It's important on a federal level. Um, and the, the future of our community, even if I wasn't running, I would be there to watch two individuals, one of which will take this county forward. They will be decided on August the 8th from the, the safety of our children to our churchgoers to our businesses. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go any further? No, right. And you, it, and it, you yeah. understand that that is, that is a community's life right there. It's its heartbeat. It's children and his businesses, you take yeah. those two out of the equation, you're done. So I ask that anyone that can come or tune into that debate, please watch it. Don't don't vote on who's friends with who or who's supporting who. Listen to the issues that face our community and an individual, either one of us that has a specific plan that works to address those issues. That's what, it. That you said uh, that's May sixteenth. Yes, May okay. 16th. Where is it live at? Is it WLOX? Who's going to be carrying So, yes, WLOX, I think uh, Mr. Dave Elliott will be moderating the debate. It's at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College at the Hospitality Resort Management Facility. Beautiful campus, beautiful yeah. building, great venue for this. Um, I believe it starts at uh, 6 o'clock, and um, doors open at 530. Okay. So we'll, we'll uh, hopefully see – so many people there as possible. Debate yeah. style, uh, is there written in questions? Is there a Q&A section of the debate? How's this I work? don't know the details on it yet. I will tell you that they asked me if I had any requests. My only request were that neither one of us would know the answers or the questions before. or the answers before they were asked. And um, there's no phone a friend. That's yeah. it. Okay. We just roll with it Absolutely. and uh, let people see how we would handle things and, and move forward from there. So you had the golf tournament, what, last weekend? Yes. How'd that go? Great success. I'm yeah. very grateful for all the support. Never been so humbled in my life. It was it was a great day. The weather held out, thank God, and mm-hmm. good, good times. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, man. that's part of it, though, right? Yeah. The yes. fundraising side, the, the, like Joe yes. said, shaking man, hands I, and kissing babies. Tell you, y'all would not believe what it costs to run a race today. I, I just thought, man, I'll find a way around some of that, but there's no way. You have to reach such a huge audience. Right. Harrison County's huge. You got what I would say is go price the smallest political sign, those little plastic signs that you yeah. see everybody put out. Those are the smaller ones. Go price those. Yeah. Yes, they are very not expensive. Cheap, yeah. and those are the small ones. Right. You know? Yes, I I um 
I get a little uh, itch in my stomach when I think about it. We put a thousand out this weekend alone. <laughs> so. yeah. That's people, a lot. And Ooh. then when people tear them up, man, you want to say, "Goodness gracious!" I'd rather he just punch me in the nose. Right. Don't tear the sign. Yeah. It cost right. too much right. money. That's right. right. Yeah. So you still giving out signs? Still handing out signs? <laughs> oh yes, yeah. absolutely. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, just get in touch with you. Are you both after on Facebook or what? Yes. Yeah, so forty nine years of my my life here, I've never been on Facebook, and uh, I've got a campaign. Got to go now. Yeah. yeah. Got to catch up with the times, right? But we we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, the other ones there are out Instagram, there. YouTube, YouTube, Instagram, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're 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 out there. So uh, it's uh, eliasforsheriff.com or either um, you can email me at elias the number four sheriff at gmail dot com. Get you a love to hear from you. Yeah, yes, yeah, any like questions it. you have, I'm always open. Absolutely. Sounds to me like he's accessible, so that's, that's right. always Absolutely. a good thing. Well, I tell you, we appreciate it. Appreciate Absolutely. you stopping by today. Absolutely. and uh, Thank you all for time. having me. Yeah. Appreciate what you do. It's an honor yeah. to be here. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, we love it. This is uh, this is what we like to do. And, and good good luck. Good luck on the future endeavors, man. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and if there's anything we can do, you let us know. And uh, after, all, after all this is over, let's go hunting and fishing. Oh, we'll, oh, man. we'll be we good. for that. We can do that. Absolutely. But if you want to stop by before August again, you know, we got a few months before that is, you can come back on and reiterate. I don't know how y'all would feel about this, but I'll put it out there. I would love to have both of us on, both of the candidates that are running for sheriff, and take questions from the audience. I think it's so important that our community is able to, to ask questions and hear directly from that individual, not what someone else says they may say or their stances on something. It's important to get accurate information. So both of us being on, we're, we, um, we're certainly uh, very cordial to each other. We've known each other a long yeah. time and been okay. friends. So, yeah. I was oh, say we might have to – Put me in that seat over here, so <laughs> yeah, we're not no, arm wrestling across the counter. We're law enforcement officers. They're <laughs> no, not going to commit a crime. <laughs> look, we laugh all the time. I'll walk up and shake his hand, or he does mine every, everywhere we go. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of looking at what plan each person has in place, and that's it. Yeah, I think, like you said, especially if you're going off a of policy, right? It's yep. there's no there's nothing wrong with someone saying I think this is the way it should go, but and then the other guy, well, I think it's this way, and then you let the community decide. Yep. Right? And no matter which way someone <laughs> thinks it should go, they need to be able to lay a plan out, a specific Correct. strategy to achieve that that is that is doable, it's feasible, and uh, that's that's where it stops. The rest of it's white noise. Yeah. You know, that, that's how we maintain and preserve what we have here. We would love to host that. Uh, that's definitely yep. something well, we can do. Well, the offer's on the table. The offer's on the table. Well, we yeah. need a 50% commitment from that's the right. other side, and yes. we'll, uh, we'll yeah. make that happen. So. Maybe he'll text or call in. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> we'll see. Great. I'll let him yeah. know. Uh, but so thanks again for stopping Absolutely. by. Good luck to every, everything Thank you're doing on the trail, much. man. Appreciate and, what y'all do. Uh, thanks no for being so dedicated to the community. Like you said, from the volunteer guys all the way up to sheriff, you know, it's still underappreciated. In our book, um, and, and we just we thank y'all for what yeah, you do, man. For sure, absolutely, Very much. appreciate Th- it. Thanks everybody for tuning Enjoy in on the live and uh, on the replays. Everybody on the audio side. Yeah, uh, we'll see y'all on the next one. Later. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate it. We're excited to announce that we just launched our very own Brownwater Banter app. That's right. It's free to download in the App Store or on Google Play. Whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, it doesn't matter. It's free. Download it now. Stay connected with the Brownwater universe. Inside the app, we have links to the Tales and Scales login, the marine forecast from NOAA, tides and currents, radar, a list of all the bait shops here on the Gulf Coast, 
everything you could need for a day out on the water having fun. We've also got all the Brown Water social links right inside the app connections to our merch shop and if that wasn't enough we've also built inside of it a country radio station that's right so you can listen on the go i'm sure it'll evolve over time right now we're calling it brown water radio music for the outdoors so download it now check it out and we hope you dig it (laughs) 